0: almost as surreal as the chat I had with Professor Frank Wilczek last week about time reversals in biology. And I promised to have a genius this week to explain it all, or some of it. So here's Professor Paul Davies. Frank is a friend of yours, and you've known him for a long time, and he explained to me what he means by some kind of time reversal going on in biological systems, most of which I did not comprehend at all. Did you... Understand what he's getting at, or is it a figment, is it a product of the mathematics as sometimes produces
1: strange things? Well, Frank is a particle physicist, and they're enthrall of symmetry as mathematical descriptions of the world. And at the level of fundamental particles, that's a really powerful technique. Applying it to living organisms is a great leap. And this is obviously work in progress. But it would be fascinating to know whether one can categorize various types of biological processes according to their properties under the imaginary mathematical process we call time reversal. So we know that electricity and magnetism go hand in hand. They make each other. But the difference is electric charges can just sit there. But magnetic fields are made by moving charges, currents, electric currents, going round and round, for example. Now, if you imagine taking a movie of electric charges and currents going around and around, play the movie backward, the current goes back the other way, and that reverses the magnetic field. So under this mathematical process of time reversal, electric things stay the same, magnetic things flip. Now, that's undeniably true, and it's really important in particle physics. Is it important in biology? Well, we'll have to wait and see what Frank finds out. But he seems to be hinting that electric fields are great for manipulating and maybe processing or garnering energy, but magnetic fields are better for storage. And indeed, I think you're interviewing me with a device that is storing what I'm saying magnetically in that gizmo down there.
0: We hope it is anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we ask you
0: perhaps to check with him when you get back to Arizona State University. Talking about time, Time Crystals is something else he's been working on which he's going to mention. Yes, so
1: Frank, I should say, is something of a genius and he's always coming up with really neat ideas. And again, this is something that comes from his preoccupation with symmetry. Now this is a very easy thing to explain. The laws of physics don't vary from place to place. The laws of physics are the same on that side of the room as they are on this side of the room. But we know that there are physical objects that break that symmetry. Just because the laws of physics have a symmetry doesn't mean the stuff around us reflects that symmetry. And the simplest example of breaking that symmetry is the crystal. It's periodic, it has a lattice, so it repeats itself. And you might think, well, it is symmetric, but we say it's a discrete symmetry. If you leap by one square, a bit like a checkerboard, go one square across, looks the same. But within a square, you can be near the edge or near the middle and so on, that symmetry is broken. So crystals spontaneously break the translation symmetry in space. And Frank wondered some years ago, are there systems that break that symmetry in time? Because the laws of physics don't vary from one day to the next. it would be the same tomorrow as they are today. This is something that would break that, like a crystal breaks it in space. It would be a crystal in time. And you might think, well, there are lots of things that do that. A, a pendulum, for example, is periodic. It returns to the same place, back and forth and back and forth. And that doesn't really count because a pendulum will eventually, if you set it swinging, would dissipate energy generate entropy and it will come to a stop. So is there something that will just flip-flop forever without having to be driven? And that was the idea of the time crystal. Turns out when you look at the nuances of it, to create something like a time crystal, you do have to have a driving force of some sort, at least in the experiments done so far. But sure enough, there are systems, and these are quantum systems, quantum many-body systems, so we know In quantum mechanics, all sorts of magical things can happen. But these things do flop into a sort of periodic motion with a different period from the one that's driving them. It's a multiple of that. And so it seems to be demonstrating the spirit of what Frank had in mind with the time crystals when he first suggested it. And there may be many other ways and many other types of many-body systems that could display this order in time, just like... Conventional crystals like salt and diamonds display order in space.
0: I was hoping it might have something to do practically, such as in Doctor Who's TARDIS. You know, a time crystal sounds, the way you were describing it, with driving and all the rest of it, ideal, but... Can you notice it practically in any
1: way? Well, you see, it doesn't mean that I give you a crystal and it magically takes you back into the past. (laughs) Crystal power, not that sort of crystal power. There have been speculations that maybe time crystals could be used for data storage in quantum computing. They are fundamentally quantum systems. And the thing about quantum systems is we know from something like superconductivity that things can sort of move effortlessly through a matrix uh, like it goes sliding through a wall and here we might imagine something that would again be effortless it wouldn't dissipate energy it would effortlessly repeat itself and that's the essential idea i think that's uh, underpinning the time crystals of course we all eagerly await what Frank will come up with next, because that's only uh, a couple of the things that uh, he's famous for. I think the underlying story connecting these two things is the notion of symmetry and symmetry breaking. And that reflects Frank's background as a particle physicist, where that's such a powerful way of proceeding. Paul Davis is Regents Professor at Arizona State University, and
0: as he said, Frank Wilczek is one of those like Steve Weinberg who revealed the fundamental nature of the nucleus, the standard model of the atom. You mentioned Steve Weinberg, the father, if you like, of the standard model. Well, the The weak weak, interactions part. The weak part, and you're the strong part. part. (laughs) And then there's gravity and, of course, electromagnetism, but... uh, First quick question is, what is a time crystal? Okay, well, okay. (laughs) Uh, Time
2: crystal has very little to do with the standard model, actually. Mm. It doesn't contradict it, but it's an independent concept. And it also has to do with symmetry of time. We've been talking quite a bit about symmetry under reversing the direction of time. But another symmetry that's absolutely fundamental in science, maybe the most fundamental symmetry of all, is what's called symmetry under translation of time, which is a way of saying that the laws don't change. (laughs) The laws are the same as time goes on. We'd be in deep trouble if that weren't true. So that's a fundamental symmetry, but we know that in materials, many symmetries that are symmetries of fundamental laws are reduced. So for instance, what I said about time, you could also say about space. If you could look at how the laws work at different places, you get the same laws. So the guy in the, in the next door laboratory, you expect to measure the same masses of atoms and spectra and all these things. And That doesn't have to be true, but it turns out to be true. However, in materials, that symmetry can be broken. You have crystals. If you move a little bit, Imagine moving in space from a place where an atom is in a crystal lattice to where an atom isn't. Obviously, things are different. So the crystal has less symmetry than this perfect symmetry of spatial translation. And so a few years ago, I asked a question whether there might be materials where you have, instead of breaking of the translation symmetry of space, you have breaking of the translation symmetry in time. And under my wife's influence, I named them time crystals. Now many things in the world break time translation symmetry. Things get old. <laughs> uh, you can have things like heartbeats that are regular but they're not always doing the same thing. But the concept of time crystal is you want something where this happens spontaneously, just autonomously. It's doing this because it wants to do it for like, like crystals form. Mm-hmm. And that introduces a complication and people have different notions of what counts as an isolated system, what counts as the thing doing it spontaneously do you have to push and prod or what what's allowed but that's the basic concept so i should add now that it's gone from being a purely theoretical notion to a thriving experimental
0: enterprise thought experiment if stephen hawking were here still and he asked you to sign a letter with him about ai and its dangers would you well, if I wrote the letter, <laughs> which is what happened <laughs>
2: the first time around, all got edited. Yeah, well, it depends what it says. It's a nuanced question. It's not to me. I don't think we should be too frightened and, and hide under our desks like in fallout shelters because the AIs are out to get us. But I do think there are real issues. There are addressable issues. I think if they're attended to, AI will be very beneficial.
0: As long as they don't go to war.
2: Well, one of the essential things is that we pay special attention to military uses of AI. And the things you want a military AI to do are sort of on the edge of being very, very dangerous. And especially since the work gets done in secret and you don't know what the other guy is doing. You know, it's a very potentially unstable, dangerous situation. But we as a Society have faced other dangers, like nuclear energy, and so far, for that matter, biological engineering, as wasn't well another one, so far, they've been manageable. I just hope we stay lucky, but it's not just luck. You have to pay attention and that, so...
0: Some thoughts from Frank Wilczek, who won the Nobel Prize and is often at Arizona State University, with Paul Davies. Some bewildering ideas at the symmetrical frontiers of physics...